El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I don't do a goddamn thing. Joining me today, you know her from her fantastic Newsbroke videos, which totally should have won a Webby Award. She's also the host of the Fituation Room podcast and a fantastic comedian. Ladies and gentlemen, Francesca Fiorentini. Also joining me, she's been on the show before, but it's been a while. She has a new book out called Womb that you can buy right damn now. And you should do that on Amazon or wherever else it's available. Ladies and gentlemen, Samantha Clark. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today... I don't have a co-host, my favorite co-host of all, an empty chair, but I do have a couple of guests, a couple of great guests, I would argue. For example, Francesca Fiorentini's here. Hey! You all know Francesca from Newsbroke and the Bituation Room podcast. Yes. The fucking TV. You have a TV show now? Um, yeah, it was a special, you know, we don't oh. talk about it in my household. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, there's just so much sage, uh, in the house that it's hard to even see one another to talk about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm all praying to all the gods that eventually, you know, corporate media will give me an actual show, but it's so good to be on, uh, on pops again with you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Also joining us writer, fucking comedian, Essential behind the scenes unpops worker, Samantha Clark. Woo! Woo! Representing the workers. <laughs> <laughs> I make Samantha go to the unpops store every day. Uh, mm-hmm. We have plexiglass up. It's very safe. Don't worry. <laughs> Lots of hand sanitizer. Yeah. And that's where we physically hand out copies of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's in Portland. <laughs> go look for it next time you're there. Uh, how's everyone's lockdown? going fine this is my life anyway (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say i was like this is very undifferent from my 2020 and now i'm just like oh cool i can give up dope like like i don't have to no stress about my career sweet like seriously was just sitting around being paid for freelance work and just you know hoping for things to come along and now it's like uh everyone's at home so everyone's a, a vlogger Everyone's a podcaster. Although Adam, I must I feel like that must annoy you. But everyone's like, now I'm a podcaster. Yeah, it doesn't mean everyone's good at it though. So no. true enough. It's fine. We've been the the network's been doing pretty well, actually. Because like podcasts are the only thing still happening. Right. Until like the fucking NBA comes back or something. So it's been going good. I can't <laughs> then complain. it's just NBA podcasts and yeah, I can't wait till this network is all NBA content. I'm very excited. I'd rather talk about the NBA than what we're talking about today. 
which is why Trump keeps saying he wants to arrest Obama, which what a horrifying and unsurprising turn of events this is. No, yeah. Um, I, I don't even, you know, here's, I'll be totally honest with you. I've seen Obamagate trending for a very long time now, and I don't care. Like, and I, you know me, I'm, I'm up on news. We let's talk about it. I'm just like, sure. Of course, like letting it wash over me. Like Trump thinks coronavirus will, you know, just let it wash over. Don't let it stick. Uh, Cause like which gate, how many Obamagates have there been since Trump became president? So I'm like, which one are we on now? Yeah, there have been quite a few. And this one is as meaningless as all the others. Like, I, this is the kind of thing, like, I would care about it if I looked into it and it was super duper valid. Like, I'm not above criticizing Obama for fuck's sake, but there really isn't a lot to this. And I feel like it's the kind of thing where people just hear the word Obamagate and no one really knows what it means, so we're going to explain it today. How fucking helpful of us, where is our medal? So is it QAnon related? No, not really. Okay. It's all related to the investigation of Michael Flynn. Right. And one thing you'll notice about it right away, if you dig deep into it, is Obama's name literally never comes up. Like not once, <laughs> like there's not a single point where it says, and then Obama said, there's none of that. There's no mention of Obama. There's not even a tan suit. <laughs> Still the biggest scandal of his administration. Indeed. The hello wave with the coffee in hand. Oh, so disrespectful. Oh yeah. Was it, this was instead of the salute, right? Yeah. Was, was Yeah. It was instead of the, the full uh, bended knee. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that one. Yeah, I'd I'd be fine with Guantanamo Bay still being open if that tan suit never happened. But you don't get both. <laughs> you got to choose one scandal or another. And yeah, this all it's like it's the kind of thing that you want to ignore and you want to laugh it off, but also our president's talking about arresting the last president. And it's like, yeah, that'll never happen, but won't it? Mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like everything Trump has supposed to have not been able to get away with. He just kind of does it. And we're like, oh, don't. You stop. Well, you just know if he did arrest him for something, it would be something stupid. It wouldn't be for war crimes. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Not all the things you could arrest him for. (laughs) Sure. It wouldn't be for the drone program. He's just like, oh, cool. I'm expanding that. But no. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you were just saying about how it's not nothing is out of the realm of possibility at this point. Straight up. uh, He is. He is inspiring his base to go out and defy stay-at-home orders um, because MAGA, like to just like literal zombie apocalypse spreading a killer flu to like help his reelection campaign. Like that's like, you know, sci-fi writers haven't come up with this kind of stuff. So yeah, he could four more years. Hell, even what? Six more months. It could happen. Yeah. And like, he's probably going to get arrested if he leaves office. Like, we've kind of painted him into that corner. Do you really think so? Yeah. Like, the charges that were brought against him during that impeachment trial, like, and not just that, there's all sorts of investigations in New York State about his real estate dealings. Like, it's very possible that when he leaves office, he'll be indicted. And it's also 
possible that if he just clings to power long enough, he'll just die in office, which I think he would probably (laughs) prefer. Us first, Chatham, us first. I also think we're cursed enough as a nation that he would live to be like 95 if that was the route he took. And we just have 20 more years. If the good die young, then the evil, you know. Live to be 106. Yes. Can you imagine Trump at 106 with 30 fucking more years of wear and tear on that face? Oh, I don't need to imagine it because I put in Trump's photo into that aging filter. Oh, no. <laughs> it is. It's like if Charlton Heston rose from the grave with the maggots like inside of his, his face. <laughs> oh, no. So, it is. So scary. Uh, do that. Yeah, that's a piece of homework for all the listeners. That's probably the only photo I'm willing to enter into the face aging app. <laughs> Not giving my own shit to whatever government probably runs that. There's a really good post about this that I would encourage people to read. I will warn you ahead of time. It's a long one. It's a lot of reading, but it's on a site called lawfareblog.com. It's written by a woman named Quinta Jurichich, Jurichich, former editorial writer for the Washington Post, and Benjamin Witz, there's a name I can pronounce, senior fellow in governance studies at the Brookings Institution. And it's a really solid article, except for the part where the header for every section includes the word flinterrupted. Or Flinvestigation. Yeah, there's Flinvestigation also, which that's a flourish I don't need from a law blog. (laughs) No, definitely not. They had me roped in to begin with. Do they spell, does she like spell thick with two C's and stuff? There's a (laughs) thick file on General Flynn. It's got a bunch of emojis in it and shit. I think that would be too hip. This level of humor is, is, this is boomer humor. Yeah. It's got a dual byline. So was it Quinta or Benjamin? I'm going with Benjamin. I hope yeah. that's his only contribution <laughs> to this article. <laughs> that would be great. Or hers, either one. I hope one of them got credit just for the flinterrupted shit is what I'm getting at. And yeah, the crux of Obamagate, as Trump has taken to calling it, like I said, is the handling of the Michael Flynn investigation. And if everyone recalls, That guy pled guilty already, and he was, like, working with prosecutors, and it seemed like he was going to get a pretty sweet deal that didn't involve any jail time. He hasn't been in jail yet, and he was supposed to be sentenced in December of 2018, and that never happened because he replaced his lawyer at one point with this woman named Sidney Powell, who is often described as a MAGA lawyer, which you really... I don't think need me to say anything else. Like you can probably just picture Sidney Powell now. Like anytime someone's described as a MAGA anything, like you can just picture the face. Like they have a face. They have a face. They have a bunch of fucking bumper stickers on their car. Fake blonde. Oh yeah. She's that. They carry like the constitution, like in scroll form around with them. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's also toilet paper, so they, they're they like, um, you know, uh, yeah. except for the Second Amendment's, like, guarded. Yeah. Uh, American flag blankets that they can sit on because that's respectful of the flag. Shit like that. These two connected 
because Michael Flynn's brother, who I also listed as Michael in the notes, which I think that's wrong, but uh, he's got a name. The other Flynn, he heard her speak about the Russia investigation at a three-day conference in November 2018 called Operation Classified that promised attendees would, this is a quote, come away with a comprehensive understanding of the deep state. And right out of the gate, I feel like if the deep state was that big of a problem, they wouldn't let this conference happen in the first place. (laughs) At least a problem for them, right? (laughs) Yeah. So she's that kind of lawyer. She's a big believer in QAnon, which is the conspiracy that says uh, a bunch of libs are going to be rounded up and arrested soon. Uh, Tom Hanks was supposed to be the first. He's now safely back home in California. So is that part of the prophecy that libs liberals are going to be arrested mm-hmm. for, for child molesting and Trump will do it, but it'll be secretly like he'll, he'll say it's for something else or they'll get wow. coronavirus, but really Trump arrested them, you know, Right, 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 right. Always go going back to child molesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. When Tom Hanks was the first celebrity to come down with coronavirus, I was like, here we go. Here comes the QAnon shit. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> they did. There were like, if you look, there's all these tweets where people were like focusing in on parts of the room that he was quarantined in. And they'd be like, why is there a barcode above the door? Is he in a prison? And it's like, no, he's just in a military hospital and there's probably barcodes fucking everywhere. And now he's home and completely unarrested on pedophilia charges. But that was when this all kicked off. That was a lot of QAnon people were like, finally, here it comes. Here come those mass arrests and still nothing. If this Obamagate thing might not be a QAnon thing, but I guarantee you if Trump actually went through with this, they would go nuts thinking that he was arresting Obama because of that. Oh, 100%. And I wouldn't be surprised if it led to more shady arrests. Because if Obama gets arrested over this, it will be a legendarily shady thing. Like, there is not anything arrestable here. Right. I'm still wondering how he factors into all this. We'll get to it in more detail, okay, but, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. but basically at one point, a memo surfaces where it seems like the FBI wants to drop the investigation into Michael Flynn. And then Peter Strzok emails the person who sent that memo and was like, no, 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 no. Keep it open. Mm-hmm. And then they decide mm-hmm. to interview Michael Flynn. And the thinking is that Peter Strzok did that at the direction of Obama with the intent of making Trump look bad, even though there was no actual criminal evidence against Michael Flynn. But right. that's incorrect. We'll get there. So yeah, Sidney Powell ends up becoming Michael Flynn's lawyer. He fired his previous legal counsel, which was from a firm called Covington and Burling. And she, as soon as she came on as his lawyer, started arguing that Michael Flynn was ambushed by FBI agents aiming to trap him into making statements they could allege as false, which again, doesn't involve Obama, but this is why Trump is talking about arresting Obama. She filed two motions in January, 2021 to dismiss the prosecution for egregious government misconduct and another to withdraw his guilty plea. 
And the government shot that first one down immediately. It seemed like that second one might actually have a chance of succeeding, but it really doesn't matter anymore because they dropped the charges against Michael Flynn earlier this month. Yay, justice. But uh, her argument that he should be able to withdraw his guilty plea is why this is in the news again, because his argument or their argument was that his previous counsel was inadequate and they had conflicts of interest. So in order to rule on that, the judge in the case said, okay, well, they have to turn over all these documents that they have pertaining to the Michael Flynn case and they have to turn them over to Sidney Powell. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they start sharing those documents. And as part of their review, they discovered emails and two pages of handwritten notes that had not previously been shared with Powell. Mm. And around this same time, she gets another stash of documents from U.S. District Attorney from Missouri, Jeffrey Jensen, who William Barr had appointed separately to investigate the Flynn investigation. Right. Because that's where we're at in this level of hell is investigating the investigators. That's why Barr was appointed. That's his role is to essentially every single part of the Russia investigation, Flynn included, has to then be interrogated itself. Right. He set up a separate investigation into the Russia investigation. And I think a like a state's attorney from Connecticut is handling that one. And he appointed someone from Missouri and he's appointing people that he knows are sympathetic to their Mm -hmm. cause. Isn't William Barr the guy who defended the defendants in the Iran-Contra scandal? I think you're right. I think so. I can't remember now. All I know is he's the guy who sat on the Mueller investigation for what was that a month and was just like, here's a one sheet. This is this is pretty much what it says. Um, they're like cliff notes. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and it was not at all, uh, of course, what he summarized. Yeah, you're right about William Barr and the Iran-Contra scandal. And that one sheet should have gotten William Barr investigated. Absolutely. Like in a perfect world. That was very clearly him trying to cover up what was actually in the Mueller report. Mm-hmm. And it still blows my mind that people when like there was that whole period of weeks after the Mueller report came out where people were like, I've read the Mueller report. It's like, motherfucker, it's 448 pages. That's just a book. You don't get extra credit for that. If that was a Harry Potter book, you would have read it in 14 hours. Also, how many of those people you think actually read it? I mean, come on. Probably not like, and you didn't really need to read all 448 pages. If you've ever read one of those things, there's tons of duplicate pages. Like you can kind of skim it. Like you really don't need to, but yeah, there's bullet points or summaries. I did. I was that nerd and read the whole thing and like, you know, screenshotted a lot of things. Um, Same. Yeah. And it was well-written, you know, now I, I did a whole podcast about it. And now I'm like, man, I used to have this backwards and forwards and now I'm forgetting, you know, all of the details and which goon was where and when. Um, But we still don't have the fully unredacted Mueller report. Uh, We do have, though, a lot of the interviews that informed it. Those are now unredacted and have been released to everybody, Um, which could be actually what has spurred this whole new exoneration of Flynn and Obamagate stuff. I mean, we know Trump has two methods, right? One is 
if you have precious and private information about him, he will protect you at all costs. He doesn't drop you because you're too hot or meaning, or like you've got too much heat on you or, you know, whatever. He does two things. Either you have information on him or you are disloyal to him, like Michael Cohen, right? If you're disloyal to him, he drops you. But if you maintain loyalty and or have a little bit of blackmail, he keeps you in, in the family, in the circle, and tries to help you as much as possible, like he's done with Paul Manafort as well. Right. And like he's doing with Michael Flynn right now. Exactly. And those documents that were turned over to Sidney Powell are the reason Trump and so many people on the right have brought this up again, because those weren't really part of the public record at first. And one, their argument is, well, that's because his lawyers were keeping that from us because they were inadequate counsel. But the documents in question, they claim prove misconduct on the part of the lead prosecutor in the case and that uh, some of the other documents prove that Flynn was deliberately set up and framed by corrupt FBI agents. And again, no mention of Obama. He's just like the presence that hovers over this and will eventually take the blame for it if it moves forward. But the documents in question will link to them on Unpops. They really don't show the misconduct that right-wing types claim they do, if you can believe that. And it's that thing where, like, when the Mueller report came out, Republicans were like, yeah, there's stuff in it, but it's not, like, that bad. And this is literally the same thing. And they're like, man, Obama should hang. Like, he should be in prison for 50 fucking years. And it's like, really? For investigating a fucking elected official's ties to the Russian government? Uh That feels like a stretch. That's what gets you. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing, like, obviously, right-wingers forget about all the time is that Obama actually sat on a lot of that information at the end of 2016 in the election cycle. He basically held off on doing a full investigation of Russia and uh, and, and the Trump campaign's ties. Because he didn't want to appear partisan. He didn't want to appear like he was putting his finger on the scale. Yes, he did finally ex- expose a, a, a few like Russian diplomats um, that were living in the U.S., but it was a far cry, and he's been since criticized from the left about, about this for not beginning the investigation then because it, it does sort of feel, you know, it's like, well, now that Trump is in office, now you want to launch an investigation when you know, truth be told, you probably should have done it before, but I think Democrats were smug and thought that Hillary Clinton were was going to win, like we all did. So it's, it, it, you know, he's not, but anyway, but they forget that shit because they don't care. But literally he was helping Trump, like, abscond. I mean, imagine if Trump hadn't been elected, right? Like, probably would have gotten away with all of this. Yeah, and like, you're right. When Trump was elected, all of this Russia stuff was not, the news that it is now like he didn't get elected in the next day we were like oh shit russia did that huh mm. like that took months and months but people fucking knew i wrote i was on tour when trump got elected and i wrote trump specific jokes for the night before and got booed for it fuck you cleveland <laughs> i was gonna ask where <laughs> cleveland is terrible <laughs> yeah It was actually just one person in Cleveland. And I said, fuck you and Trump both. And the crowd like went nuts. So it was fine. But I remember like I wrote 
Russia jokes for that because people knew he had been dealing with Russia. And I remember writing him and being like, are people even going to know what the fuck I'm talking about? Like, do people even know that he's this tied to Russia? So like, yeah, at the time, like people knew and the government had to Mm -hmm. know. And I feel like they, like you said, they did hold back in like the most partisan thing that happened in that election was the FBI saying they were investigating Hillary Clinton two days before the election. Like that, I think, swayed the election more than anything. But that doesn't come up as much anymore. Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Just wanted to fill you in on a whole new way to subscribe to the Unpopular Opinion podcast. Head to unpops.supercast.tech. And for just $3 a month, you get every episode of Unpopular Opinion, access to our massive back catalog of episodes, plus a bonus episode every week, all completely ad-free. What kind of bonus episodes? Glad you asked. Stuff like the Burner Phone Show, a monthly call-in show where you get to call me and a whole menagerie of Unpops hosts and ask us whatever question you want. We don't even screen the calls or anything. Also, you know those unpopular opinions episodes we were doing for a while there? We'll be doing those as a monthly bonus episode also. And Best Bad Movie Ever with Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell is returning as a subscriber exclusive. It shakes out to be 10 episodes or more per month for just $3 a month. That is 30 cents an episode. You can't afford not to subscribe. Or, as always get everything the Unpops Network has to offer for one still insanely low price, head to patreon.com slash unpops. Either way, thanks for listening and thanks for the support. We love you. Let's get back to the show. So these documents, let's fucking talk about them. They're basing this egregious conduct claim on a 1973 Supreme Court case that basically just suggested that at some point, this could be a defense. Uh, the government might overstep their bounds and, you know, you might have to overturn a conviction for it. It rarely happens and it didn't happen in the case they were talking about. But the document in this case that they think is this smoking gun evidence, one is an email from Flynn's Covington attorney, Robert Kellner, to his co-counsel, Stephen Anthony, dated March 18th, 2018, And they're just discussing the prosecution in this case, agreeing not to prosecute Michael Flynn's son Hmm. because Michael Flynn and Michael Flynn Jr. were in on all this. Right. Got to protect the sons. (laughs) Yeah. It's a family affair. (laughs) And like, not only are they accused of doing all this collaboration with Russia together, Those two are fucking uh, also suspected of teaming up in a plot to kidnap a cleric on behalf of the Turkish government. That's right. I remember. (laughs) So like the idea that Michael Flynn is being treated unfairly in any way is fucking nuts. Look, but who are you to judge, Adam? Like some father and sons go fishing and others kidnap clerics. And like that is love. I want a comedy movie where Hunter Biden, Donald Trump Jr., and then Michael Flynn's son all team up to kidnap a cleric on behalf of the Turkish government. It'd be like a slapstick comedy. Yeah, like a Home Alone 10. 
Yeah. There, <gasps> there could be hijinks. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you could film it like the office when they're all in the eventual QAnon <laughs> detention camp and just do like a wacky Hogan's Heroes thing. They could play themselves. They'll still be alive. We can make them. We have to make sure that Hunter Biden has enough cocaine. Just yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah. We'll all be in those yeah. camps, too. <laughs> We're not going to make them do anything. So the the thing about them using his son as leverage, prosecutors do that shit all the time. That's not especially cruel or harsh. Like, this is still the United States government we're talking about. And, like, if we're talking about FBI misconduct, like, the FBI let Malcolm X get assassinated, basically. Like, this is so small scale in terms of things the FBI has done in the past. But that's why I think these sorts of stories and the whole deep state narrative often trick people on the left and progressives because we hate the FBI and the CIA as well, but not for the same reasons that these crooks in the White House do. And, And honestly, like, I believe in reforming those entities, but I don't necessarily believe like, no, we don't need an FBI. Like, we don't need to protect our country from like, I don't know, cyber attacks. Like, no, we, we should argue for something better, but like, just because you understand the role of the FBI and, and the CIA in American history doesn't mean you should just like, yeah, let's obliterate it all. And doesn't mean that like the Russia story is fake. That's sort of been my entire problem with this, uh, the narrative from, from the beginning, you know? Yeah, the idea that any of this is fake. I think the idea that any of it's fake on either side is kind of a a crazy notion and it's a really black and white way to look at things like even with this Obama stuff like it would be concerning if Obama directed the FBI to investigate Michael Flynn because he didn't like Trump and didn't want Trump to get elected that would be a problem but that's not what the evidence points to like there is there's Obviously, plenty of good reason to suspect Michael Flynn was up to no good. And then he gets in this interview and fucking lies about it. Like, you can't be a Trump supporter and say, oh, those fucking parents crossing the border with their children broke the law by crossing the border. Laws are laws. Motherfucker, Michael Flynn broke the law. I feel like this is kind of comparable to like anti-vaxxers. Like, I don't blame anyone at first glance for mistrusting the government to, you know, when they mandate some kind of medical process, there's a long history of bad shit, you know, sterilization, things like that, that that makes people suspicious for a reason. I get it. It's just, there's, there's this roadblock that people can run into where they have a reasonable suspicion to begin with, and then take it just to this insane level of conclusion that means that they end up kind of on the wrong side of something, even though it comes from a reasonable suspicion to begin with. I think people are reasonable to be immediately suspicious of the FBI to hear like, oh, maybe there was some kind of corruption in this investigation of a public official. Maybe it was, you know, maybe there was some kind of ulterior motive, but then to just automatically believe it because you're suspicious instead of then looking into it and seeing, well, what actually makes sense? What does the evidence point to? That's the thing that I can't get past. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the thinking is kind of, at least on the Republican side, that, well, the Russia investigation was fake. Like, they didn't find anything, so it was obviously corrupt. So now anything that happened in relation to that is obviously corrupt also. 
And like, neither of those fucking things are true. Like Trump just didn't get kicked out of office over it. There was shit in the Mueller report he could have got kicked out of office for. Yeah. But the other batch of documents are two FBI internal email chains from January 23rd and 24th, the day before the FBI interviewed Flynn. And they appear to show FBI agents debating how they should approach the Flynn interview and what questions they should be ready to answer if he asks them. One of the questions that comes up is, at what point during the interview do we have to tell him that lying to the FBI is a crime? Because (laughs) they knew he was going to lie. Right. And somehow people pushing this as a thing that Democrats should go to prison over, they are somehow taking that to mean, oh, he was entrapped. He was set up to tell a lie. Every time... A Trump official like is defended by Trump himself or just the right wing. I immediately think of the millions of poor and black Americans who are entrapped by police officers every single day to commit or to admit to crimes they did not commit. Uh, we've seen many instances of that, right? Um, making a murderer. Hey, what about that kid? That poor kid. I watched that. It was awful. Yeah. You know, and then you're like, just like the ways that we exempt dudes with ostrich coats because they have ostrich coats. (laughs) I mean, it's just brilliant. You know, it's a perfect uh, example of the injustice of the justice system. Uh, Yeah. For one, I'm trying to get that ostrich coat someday. I don't want all the bad that comes with it, but. Is it on eBay yet? I want to wear an ostrich. It's on. I think you can get them on Poshmark. That's where I get most of my endangered animal coats. (laughs) And yeah, like the thing about entrapping him in a lie, you can't entrap a person in a lie. Right. Like they could just tell the truth. And they gave him, if you actually look at the documents, they gave him a bunch of opportunities to tell the truth, including quoting his own words from this conversation that they knew he had in order to remind him of what maybe he said, they would quote shit he actually said. And he was still like, mm, no, I didn't say any of that. So like he lied, like they right. didn't entrap him in shit. Right. No, obviously and the, the distinction that I was making is like, this is Michael Flynn, public official. Like he knows his rights. He knows what he did. He knows what the score and he lied anyway. Yeah, when you ask someone a question that they might want to lie about, that's entrapment. <laughs> yeah, and it, like, you you brought up, like, the making a murderer case. You see it with, like, the Central Park Five, where people right. be like, people don't confess to stuff they didn't do. And it's like, yeah, they do. They do all <laughs> the time. <laughs> and, like, just the fact that Michael Flynn got caught in a lie, that doesn't, that doesn't equal entrapment. He just lied. But the thing that makes people suspicious, I I touched on it earlier, is there's this other memo that was in those documents, and it's a memo from the FBI saying, hey, we interviewed Flynn. We don't think he's lying about anything. We should probably just drop the case. And then Peter Strzok jumps in and says, no, keep it open. And then they interview Flynn the next day, and he tells this lie, and it goes on to be a whole prosecution. And that's what people like Sidney Powell are seizing on now as evidence that, oh, what what changed there? 
you were just about to drop the case, but then all of a sudden you didn't and you went through with it and prosecuted him, that would actually be a problem if that's what happened. Because you don't, like, it's not the FBI's job to just go catch someone in a lie that they can prosecute them over without there being a case involved. Mm -hmm. But what actually happened in the New York Times just reported on this, the, when that memo was sent out, Michael Flynn had had another meeting with the ambassador to Russia a few days before that memo went out. So they had investigated him. They believed he wasn't lying about his contacts with this ambassador. They go to close the case, and then he has another meeting. And that's when the FBI was like, okay, maybe we'll hold off on closing this case. So it's really just that that memo went out prematurely when they weren't actually planning to close the case. Interesting. And lo and behold, once again, Trump acting guilty, claiming he has no ties with Russia and then meeting behind closed doors once again with the Russian ambassador, you know, has been reopening this wound time and time and time again. Like, homie, if you just didn't act guilty, we wouldn't think you were guilty. And now we wouldn't know that you're guilty. (laughs) And they didn't even keep the case open at that point because they thought Trump was guilty. They kept it open because they knew that in that meeting, he had talked to the Russian ambassador about Russia not retaliating against the U.S., for the sanctions we were about to pass. And that was suspicious as fuck. It was super suspicious. And so they were like, well, we need to know more about that. And then Mike Pence goes on television and says that, yes, Michael Flynn met with this guy, but they didn't talk about sanctions. So at that point, the FBI, in their mind, were like, this guy lied to the vice president. We need to keep investigating him. So they still weren't investigating this dude out of malice for Trump. It was more to protect the Trump administration because they thought Michael Flynn lied about his contacts with Russia, which would in turn make him a possible blackmail candidate. That's exactly right. And that's why Sally Yates was then fired. Right. I mean, that's a really interesting point. It's you, you forget all the different stages of it, but you're exactly right. That it didn't, it, it didn't start off as being an anti Trump. I mean, God, I don't even know if that's a term anymore, but it didn't really go all the way up to the president at that point. It was just like, hey, here's this dude. He's got a really shady past. He's been an agent for a foreign government. We should let you know about it. And now the vice president is saying stuff that isn't true. And that's why Sally Yates, I was the acting attorney general, like, you know, alerted them. Right. So, yeah, there's really if you dig into what these documents are and what they show, like, There's another one where they're just kind of prepping for what they're going to ask him. And they point to that and they're like, see, that's them deciding they're going to set him up to tell a lie. And it's like, no, they know he's going to fucking lie. And they're discussing how to handle it. Right. Mm -hmm. And even that part where you have to tell the person you're interviewing that lying to the FBI is a crime. That is not a law. That is a fucking courtesy. The FBI does not have to do that. You are just supposed to know that you're not supposed to lie to the FBI. And Michael Flynn knew it, and he did. So he should go to jail. And if nothing else, Obama certainly shouldn't go to prison. 
over Michael Flynn lying to the FBI. (laughs) But here we are. Trump is still talking about it. Like, that's the evidence they're basing it on. And Trump is still adamant that Obama, he called it the biggest crime in American political history. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, yeah, it's it's all deflection because straight up, if he anything Trump says, you know, he's done. If he accuses anyone of doing anything, you know, he's done it. And so you got a hacker stationed in a foreign embassy in the UK to hand you documents to, you know, like they were named um, sticky leaks, like anything. (laughs) He is accusing the the left of doing or Democrats of doing. He has done himself, right? It's like, no, you have thoughts about your daughter. It's like, ooh, you gotta stop. And that's that's no different here. And I think you know, it's like coronavirus is not going away, and his base is going to start getting more and more sick uh, because it's hitting the red states. And uh, you know, he's got to deflect that somehow. Yeah, I I kind of worry that red states reopening is actually going to hurt Democrats in elections because people are going to like the red states will reopen, but then they're going to flock to those blue cities where there's all the cool shit to bring their rural coronavirus to the libs. And then that's, who's going to die is people in fucking tourist attractions and busy areas that people want to go hang out. And the comics who are like, damn it, I need this money. Yeah. (laughs) Can people laugh through a mask? Maybe. We could be making so much bank in Wisconsin right now. <laughs> Yo, there is a meatpacking plant in North Dakota that you could get like a sweet feature set. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a show scheduled in Chicago next week. Oh, wow. Yeah, we canceled that. But <laughs> maybe we'll still go. Who knows? Yeah. Postponed. Postponed. Thankfully, at least I think the urban areas are going to stay closed, at least for a little while longer. So there's no going to be nowhere for anyone with it to flock to, you know? Yeah, hopefully. And it's already worse in the urban centers than it is in the rural areas anyway. I don't think that they're going to bring anything that's already here. Yeah, that's true. They fucking better not (laughs) shut down those goddamn borders to Trump supporters. So, yeah, Trump spent most of his Mother's Day tweeting about Obamagate. He, at one point, said Obamagate makes Watergate look small time. And nope. No, wrong. (laughs) It sure doesn't. (laughs) Like, not even sort of. I don't know. Is there anything about the Jews in there? Did he he blame the Jews at some point? Because probably. (laughs) Probably, maybe. You know it's going to get there. Sure, sure. Any quality right-wing conspiracy theory, if you peel it away far enough, ends on Jews. (laughs) Any quality. Like even we've talked about this on the conspiracy podcast a bunch. Ancient aliens, that is some white supremacist bullshit right there. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's all about, oh, these civilizations that you think made all these advances, actually white dudes who discovered time travel <laughs> came back and showed them how to do all that. God, the mental gymnastics to maintain racist thinking. Like it's great. I love I love that. Yeah. I mean, I don't. It's awful, but it is funny. It is also the History Channel's most popular show. And they not not once do they go like there's no scroll across the bottom of the screen that says, by the way, this is all white supremacy. It's that kind of white insecurity that makes it one of my favorite things to tell people that 
um, Arab Muslims are the only reason that the West still has the Bible. They preserved it through the dark ages. I love telling people that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. But speaking of conspiracy theories, this isn't going away. Like Trump has his fucking heart set on this. He tweeted uh, on May 14th. If I were a senator or congressman, the first person I would call to testify about the biggest political crime and scandal in the history of the USA by far is former President Obama. He knew everything. Do it, Lindsey Graham. Just do it. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more talk. And then he slammed a rail of Adderall after that. Mm -hmm. As you do. I mean, I wonder, I'm very curious about Barr. Like, where does Barr fit in all of this? Because, like, I think Barr wants to exonerate and um, every dirty Trump official, um, everyone who's been implicated by the Mueller report, which, mind you, the Mueller report was was softball. It was comprehensive, but it was softball because it basically said that the president couldn't be convicted of a crime or indicted, even though he absolutely was guilty of one, but it didn't even say he was guilty. So it's like, that's why, you know, Barr interpreted the way he did. But I'm like, is Barr on board for the the Obama stuff? Is he on, is he that kind of, does he do a good job of, you know, like zipping up the nut job, you know, like, um, just yeah is he actually a QAnon freak he just like wears it well I think he might be like yeah he's like that uh since Samantha mentioned it I that I do recall that was kind of his role with the Iran Contra thing was I'm just gonna drop all these charges no one's really like Oliver North became a TV sensation over that shit like nothing happened and that was a huge scandal that probably also kicked off the crack epidemic in this country and no one really faced any repercussions over that. And it was because of how William Barr handled it. And now he's back to do that again with the Russia investigation. But he also seems like he's on board with prosecuting the people who carried out the Russia investigation. I mean, I think he'll do it as long as he thinks there's enough power behind it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, who's going to stop him? Like, I know, like right now... The bright side is Lindsey Graham, when Trump tweeted that, was like, no, we're not going to have Obama testify in some Senate show trial. But also, that's Lindsey Graham. How long do we trust him to keep that stance up? Like, the minute fucking Monsanto (laughs) tells him it's a good idea, he'll goddamn do it. Remember all those establishment Republicans who were like, I would never vote for Trump. Changed their mind within like a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where's that resistance now? He's perfect. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just will say, though, that it is very funny because, of course, Fox News is covering this like it's real. But you they still don't ever inform their audience that this entire scandal, supposed scandal, is based on the investigation of something real. Like you're, you're basically saying you broke the law in investigating my law breaking. My law breaking might still stand. It's your investigation that is the crime. Like, in what world does that... I mean, again, this is like full-blown North Korea totalitarianism, and they're asking their audience to buy into that when you just dig a little bit and you realize, oh, wait a minute, the the supposed bad thing that they did was investigate the bad thing? How does that work? Yeah, these are the same people who will hear that the FBI showed up at a mosque with a bunch of bomb-making materials and was like, anyone want to make a bomb? (laughs) <laughs> and then they make that bomb and they're like, you're all terrorists now and you're under arrest. Like right. this is such a minor 
act on the part of the FBI, even if it was a crime, even if Obama was involved and should face some punishment for it, it certainly isn't treason, and it's definitely not a 50-year prison sentence, which Trump did call for on Fox News over the weekend. I do feel like, though, white supremacists probably think that the Obama administration was the work of ancient aliens who, like, went into the future. How does it work? They crafted an African-American presidential candidate, planted him in the year 2008, and then he won. Yeah, maybe we've hit the point in the future where, like, the nation of Islam gets time travel. And that's how Obama (laughs) happened. And now this is all just playing out in the future. Or that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, it's probably like some fucking time travel simulation that people think is the funnest game of 3036. And they're really just impacting world events. I know someone's gotten got a hold of the controller, though, and really went haywire. They're like. Little baby alien is like, pandemic, 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 beep, beep, beep. And we're just like, no. It won the Cubs a World Series. I'm not complaining. (laughs) So, yeah, one thing that I always remind people of, when William Barr launched his inquiry into the Russia probe, it was just that. It was an inquiry. And then in October of last year, it became a criminal investigation. And we haven't reach the end of that investigation like there's gonna be a Mueller report version of that coming I would assume and I think that's what Trump like when Trump did that fucking insane Rose Garden coronavirus update and managed to bring Obamagate up then he was like you're gonna hear more about it in a few weeks and it's like what the fuck does that mean like that that's my favorite Trump is when he goes off the cuff and says something he's not supposed to say. Right. And that's also why I don't have a lot of faith in Lindsey Graham being like, no, I'm not going to call Obama to testify. Are you crazy? Like, that could just be Lindsey Graham being like, fucking, why'd you say it now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, that was supposed to be a surprise. Like, when ICE was going to do all those immigration raids, and Trump was like, we got some beautiful immigration raids happening this weekend. And ICE was like, dude, they know now. Like, that doesn't help. And then he did the exact same thing two weeks later. Like, He was like, this Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, we need Trump to do that. Like, that's how you fucking get ahead of what he's planning. Absolutely. So, I don't know. I know this, this, it's not just that this feels like nothing. It is nothing. But it also feels (laughs) like it's going to become something really soon. I mean, I do think that when you have full control of the Justice Department and when you've um, marginalized and sidelined or or forced resignations from top leadership within the FBI itself and every other intelligence community, then yeah, you can make a mountain out of a molehill like this. And, you know, my, in- my immediate instinct is like, nah, this is nothing. It's a nothing burger. It's ridiculous. But of course, I know better. And in this ring of hell, it is all possible. Yeah. There's a documentary I tell people to watch all the time when I bring this up and it's called the edge of democracy. It's on Netflix. I watched it again last night. It's great subtitles. You're going to have to fucking read a little. You'll be fine. 
What's it in French? Portuguese. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Was in, not expecting that. Brazilian. It's in Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. And it's about how Jair Bolsonaro took power in Brazil. And basically Dilma Rousseff, who was a, uh, she was the former president of Brazil. She passed a law that basically made investigating corruption way easier. And all of the, like, this is a thing people had been calling for for years. They were like, corruption's a fucking problem in Brazil. And she was like, all right, well, I know how to get my approval ratings up. I'll just let corruption investigations happen. And they did. And a lot of people got arrested over it. And so what her opposition did was launch this social media campaign that was like, hey, is, why isn't she stopping these investigations? We're all getting arrested over this. And somehow the country was like, yeah, why? And they managed to fucking impeach her over it and arrested her predecessor, which they arrested him over this scandal where for decades and decades, like 60 fucking years, the national oil company in Brazil just kind of like had automatic bribes written in to all of their contracts where if you were a politician who made a, made a contract happen, you got a little kickback. Mm-hmm. And they managed to frame it as this one guy was the head of all of that because he was gifted an apartment at one point, an apartment that they were never able to tie to him. But when he went to face the prosecutor and was like, you don't have any proof that this apartment is mine. They were like, that's how we know it's yours. You're hiding it so well that we can't find proof. And that's how we know that's your apartment. And he went to fucking prison over that shit. And now Jair Bolsonaro is burning down rainforests and coughing on his constituents to troll the libs. And like, if Biden gets elected, I could see Trump pulling some shit like that and trying to get him and Obama both tied up in this scandal and using it to get Biden out of office. You mean if he gets elected in November? Yeah, November of 2020, 2021, whenever that election happens. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy that was arrested was like notably like the furthest left president they'd had in ages. Dilma Rousseff was a little a little more toward the center than he was, but still on the left. And then um, the the fascists end up cracking down on who they arrest, the leftist. I mean, I think that that's like important. This 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 happens. There's always a crackdown on the left. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't discount the idea that this could be the start of that. Like, mm-hmm. that's what fascists do. Mm-hmm. Like, if we really want to compare Trump to Hitler, there's going to have to be a night of the long knives at some point. And this could be the start of that. It seems like he wants it to be, if nothing else. And that alone yeah, is pretty does. fucking scary. Like, it seems like we've hit the point where we should stop laughing stuff like this off as impossible and be like, hey, why'd you say that? What do you mean? Yeah, and he could be setting scary precedents that someone even more fascist than he is that could follow him, like, could t- could take quite a bit further, too. You know, even trying to arrest Obama, even if he doesn't succeed, that would set a very scary precedent. Well, that was one of the things they did in Brazil. Just the image of Lula, which was Dilma Rousseff's predecessor. I always forget his actual name because everyone just calls him Lula. 
But just the image of him being hauled out by police and put in a car, like not everyone's as smart as us. So like for a lot of people in Brazil, they just saw that on TV and were like, fuck, he's guilty. Right. And like he became really fucking hated by a huge segment of the population that used to absolutely fucking adore that dude. That's I mean, I think there is a lot of that is the similarity I see between Obama and Lula. I don't want to compare them because I really don't hope that this happens. But yeah, it's like, how do you how do you go through such a horrible 180 where you enjoy so much support from people and then you're a criminal uh and it and it definitely does take the entire political system and specifically the far right to kind of leave you holding the hot potato in a sense because from my understanding a lot of the corruption that they were indicting him on was just stuff yeah that you would mention had been totally fine for years and years and years but it's that other Congress people, people in power were actually getting nailed for it. So they were like, no, 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 we're going to stop this. And we're going to leave this person holding the receipts. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm scared for four more years. I don't know what can happen between now and November. I feel like not a lot. I don't think I have a little more faith, but I am very scared for if Trump is reelected. I absolutely, you're going to, you're going to see Obama, Biden, Hey, let's bring back Hillary. Let's do some more Benghazi trials. Why not? Like they're all going to be hauled in front of Congress, especially if we lose Congress. And one really concerning aspect of this to me is America in general. We have a long history of being really good at convicting people in the media. Mm. I People hate to hear me say it, but I think Scott Peterson is a good example. If you look into the actual evidence in that case, he, at the very least, should not have gone to prison, but probably also did not kill Lacey Peterson. Another good example is Pamela Smart. I don't know if people remember her, but she was a teacher who had an affair with one of her students. Oh, yeah. And then that student murdered her husband. There's a fantastic HBO documentary about her. That was the version of events I believed most of my life because that trial happened in like 89. Turns out she was not a teacher. He was not her student. She just worked for the school district and clicked with a 17-year-old, but she wasn't in like a mentor relationship with this kid. Mm. And also she didn't kill her husband. He did, but he's out of prison and she has exhausted all of her appeals and will die in prison. And her defense has always been, I didn't tell him to kill my husband. Like, that's fucking nuts. But the way we portrayed it in the media was, oh, this is a bad woman who had an affair with her student and paid him to kill her husband. And it's none of that. But we're so good at convicting people in the media. And Court TV just came back last year. So they're going to need some content. So I I would not be surprised at all if the Obama trial becomes the fucking trial of the century by 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Americans are allergic to nuance, too. Like, there's no, there's no saying, well, this is true, but also this. It's always just whatever the easiest answer is. Yeah, and it'll be like, even if it's televised and people watch it and come away, like, not seeing a lot of actual evidence. The next thing that'll happen is some fucking pundit will get on TV to explain to them everything they saw and they'll just spin it in a way that makes 
Obama well, seems super guilty. Impeachment. I remember the Democrat. Remember the impeachment, y'all? Didn't, doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? Yeah, what was that? Five, six years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About around the time Kobe Bryant died. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that that whole thing. They were like, "Oh man, those ratings were too good." Uh, eh, we got we got to have our own version of that, you know. And I don't know. I think that was pretty good court TV, even though it wasn't a trial. It was an impeachment. Yeah. The Obama trial will be the first series that kicks off Trump TV when it launches on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When Trump finally gets a Netflix deal, just like Obama. God, what a nightmare that would be. I'm surprised. Like there was probably a point in history where the law would have dictated that Trump had to get the same amount of Netflix time as Obama. Remember those laws? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They had to let, a bunch of republic like because trump hosted snl they had to give that slot to a bunch of republicans at one point and they gave it to him on like thanksgiving weekend when no one's even watching television at all anyway we're getting off track none of this is gonna happen here we're all fine <laughs> we are all perfectly fine but watch the edge of, de- of democracy it's uh it's really interesting and it happened in our part of our half of the world very recently. So mm-hmm. it's not uh, completely out of the question. Anyway, anyone have any final thoughts? <sighs> Stay in school. <laughs> it's like, you know, except for when you can't go to school and it's closed and there's like a killer flu. But in other, other instances, yeah, there's enough documentaries to make up for like K through 12 at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I learn. Watch more, watch the edge of democracy and, you know, like just everyone hang in there. What else? Do a puzzle. (laughs) I just say, take your time with things. Make sure that you actually know what's going on. Actually look into it. Yeah. That's becoming more and more important. Uh, Read the Mueller report. Seriously. I know people who haven't. I I should go reread it. It's not that, again, it's not that bad. And you can skim and there are summaries before every single chapter. Maybe there's a wizard. Maybe there are, what are they called? Hogwarts? Oh, yeah. Is that, yeah, I'm not a Harry Potter person at all. No, but you did compare it to Harry Potter. So this is a technical callback. Pew, 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 pew. That's actually on the soundboard. <laughs> Do either of you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Samantha, what do you got? Uh, I just released a new book of poetry. It's called Womb, available on Amazon. Um, and I have a newsletter you can subscribe to goodworks.substack.com. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at comic wisdom. Nice. Francesca, what do you got? Uh, every Sunday at six, I'll be doing the Bituation room live on a live stream. So follow me on Twitter at Franny Fio, and you can watch it on YouTube and Twitch. And, uh, what's the other one? Facebook, I guess. Ew, gross. For the, for the boomers. What are you, a Russian um, agent? What are you doing on Facebook? Trying to be, trying to get paid. You know what I'm saying? Right. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Adam Todd Brown. Follow the network at Unpops or at Unpops.podcast on Instagram Uh, and Patreon.com slash Unpops. Give us money so we can uh, stay afloat and eat food and things of that nature. Everyone's been very nice so far. So uh, don't die, please. Or if you do, like, Keep your subscription active. I don't know. Put a really difficult password on your Patreon account so that your mom can't change it after you die. Yeah. Yeah. Make it hard for people to 
disconnect that Patreon before you die. Mm-hmm. Put it in your emergency book that you want it to keep going. Put it on your tombstone. Yeah. Keep me afloat. There's no money in poetry. <laughs> <laughs> or just don't die. Either of those. All right. Let's get out of here. Samantha, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Francesca, say goodbye. Adios. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye.